Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Hey everybody, welcome back. We are Parenting by the Pint. I am Lauren and this is Kara. Hello! We are two Southwest Chicago suburban moms with five kids between us. Uh, We like to get together and drink beer, talk about beer, and talk about kids, family, and anything else we've got going on. So we are with you again tonight. We're going to actually branch out a bit and talk about New Glarus, a Wisconsin brewery that I'm sure most people in the Midwest have heard of, even though it's a bit hard to get. Um, And we are going to start tonight with Moon Man. No Coast Pale Ale. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. What a great little addition to their bottle label that they have to they have to specify that for us. Right. That's too funny. So, New Glarus. Um, let me pour a little of this. I'll pass this over to Kara. Thank you. Uh, so, they're in New Glarus, Wisconsin. New Glarus Brewing Company. They're owned by a husband and wife couple, the Carries. Um, they actually started it... Deborah Carey raised the capital uh, for the startup as a gift to her husband who had been taking brewing classes and had actually got his master brewer licensure back in 1992. And they started New Glarus Brewing Company in 1993. Um, But Deborah actually wound up getting the distinction of the first um, female owner operator of a brewery in the U.S. at the time at least back in 93. So, um, so that's kind of cool, but they're still, it's a husband, wife owned. Well, technically now it's since 2015, it's all employee owned. They've got about a hundred, little over a hundred employees. Huh. It's an employee owned company. So they're not public. They're, they're very private. They literally only distribute in Wisconsin. They've taken action against, uh, I know at least a Minnesota, company that was distributing in minnesota i don't know if it was a shop or a store but um they take very seriously their uh only in wisconsin kind of uh mentality i guess Mm. um i've never actually been up there but it's supposed to be beautiful i haven't either so definitely on my list of places to visit so new glarus is kind of interesting they have six beers they make year round and then they have some seasonal beers which we're going to drink one of tonight and they actually put out a schedule so everybody knows when they're actually going to be distributing i you saw know, that that was how beers. i stocked our second beer yeah and successfully acquired <laughs> it, it up. yeah so that's most of them um and then a couple of times a year they essentially let dan their head brewer brewmaster do what he wants for a very limited small batch experimental whatever um that may or may not ever come back i think serendipity might have been one of the original one of their called the thumbprint series that they did they do wind up making periodically but it started as a i'm just gonna experiment with this small batch of beer um and usually when it first comes out very limited release it doesn't get distributed um very much at all so hard to come by so typically it's their six usuals and then their seasonal list is is how they work um 2019 rate beer rated them one of the top 10 best brewers in the world wow which is kind of crazy um so yeah kind of an interesting place uh their beers are are good 
people I know, at least in Illinois, jump the border to go get them. I think a couple of years ago there was a bunch of stuff all around Twitter because they saw that the Cubs players had um, stacked some boxes full of spotted cow in their bus on the way home from Miller oh, Park for yeah. a series. I remember that. <laughs> and it, went, it went viral all over. Um, so, anyways, all right, well, we're going to try Moon Man. Let's do it. It's not super hoppy. It's no coast. No coast. No paleo. coast. That's right. So this is not a citrusy beer. No, it's, this it's not. isn't dank. Like no, it's some not. Of that. It's an uh, appropriate name, I guess. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> it's nice and clean and crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. It's a very, I think they, they've kind of referred to it as a, a, a session beer, which makes sense. It's probably a relatively... Not super high ABV, I'm not sure, but you could sit and drink this, um, you know, chilled and just, it's very, very clean. Clean's a good, kind of good way, I think, to, to describe it. I actually like this better than their flagship, which is Spotted Cow, but I actually don't love Spotted well, Cow, so. <laughs> we've discussed your love of cream ales, so. Mm-hmm. I want to read what it says on this bottle to you. Go for it. Moon Man is a seriously cool cat, always comfortable in his own skin. He never tries too hard. So cool, we named our No Coast Pale Ale after him. You hold a session beer with a bright, bold blend of five hops that flirt obligingly with the smooth, malty backside. Don't let this one lay around. It is brewed to be enjoyed today. Bold and engaging without pretense, because in Wisconsin, you do not have to be extreme to be real. (laughs) I love everything about that. I was like, oh, here's a good place to stop. And then I was like, no, wait, they're going to say something about Wisconsin. We have to read this part. (laughs) Well, yes. So to go back to the beginning of that, Moon Man is um, named after, it says a seriously cool, but it was a stray cat that the New Glarus owners adopted. So uh, that's I it why was a cat, it's like got an a paw pet. on it yeah. and it's called Moon Man. Yeah. So that's little little background on that is that, yeah, it's named after a cat, which, I mean, you should like. I do I'm love that. You know how cats. I feel about brewery cats it's like my niche (laughs) that we haven't really talked about on here at all but it is sort of my passive obsession to collect Mm -hmm. um brewery cat related paraphernalia (laughs) um i wonder if they have any moon man cat merch yeah that's a good question something worth looking into i mean if we do ever venture forth above the cheddar curtain we will definitely have to um we will have to find out. Yes. No, I, I definitely, yeah, I I am intrigued by this, but it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I like it. It's a clean, crisp, like, somebody, I think, commented at one point, like, it's, it's a lawnmower. It's a mm. lawn mowing beer. Like, you can sit there. You drink this after you yep. mow the lawn on a yep. hot day. This I think about that all the time with beers. Perfect example of that. Yeah, this is great for yeah, that. This is, this is it's great. It's not alcohol forward. No, um, at all. Yeah. It doesn't have that nose sting feeling you get from some beers mm-hmm. that are real hoppy. And it's not too heavy, um, and it's got not got that haziness. To, like, some of them are just a little, like, almost too much. Like, this is just a, I want a beer on a hot day. This is, this, this is perfect yeah. for that. I think this is great. So, yeah. 
Good job, uh, uh, Dan. I will say Dan and Deborah. Deborah does not brew the beer. Dan brews the beer. Yeah. So he uh, sounds like the perfect yeah. relationship, for right? Me. I would love yeah. to be like the business side of a brewery. Mm-hmm. I don't want to brew beer. Okay. It's like <laughs> I know from my very limited experience and from just observing brewing that it is just as much an art as it is a science. Mm, I'm sure. And um, I'm sure that arguments can be made either way. But my feeling is that the balance between the two would cause too much anxiety in uh, me. You need to focus on yeah, one or the other. I can do one or the other and be comfortable with either. Fair. But I can't do something that has a little bit of both in it. It yeah. just, like, it's too much for me. <laughs> not to say I'm not a multitasker, but not in this area. <laughs> Certainly not. Okay. So, yes, I could definitely run a business that mm-hmm. also happened to be a brewery. And I would be perfectly comfortable, like managing other elements, but I do not, not want to brew the beer. Yeah, I think it's a good it's a good divide. Yeah. So, yeah, no, um, this is good. I like this. So this is, I don't. Is this one of their all the time beers? I actually, yeah, yeah. So Maybe this, I yeah, I I believe it is. I'm intrigued. At some point, if they ever, I guess. Uh, you know, if you can't get your hands on some of the, the thumbprint ones that aren't brewed all the time, I'm sure they... Sounds like Dan has quite the uh, repertoire of... He went to school in California, um, I think for some sort of food science, but focusing on brewing. Um, and then he was the valedictorian of his beer institute class. He did a apprenticeship in Munich... He oh, cool. worked for Anheuser-Busch for a while, I believe, before starting. So nice. he's got a lot of background and I'm sure a lot of ideas for for cool beers. And when you own a brewery, I guess you have a little bit of liberty to try new things. I mean, that's where the art comes in, isn't yeah. it? That, you know, you've got that freedom. I mean, mm-hmm. that's business, too, because, you know, it's nice mm-hmm. when you're running your own business and you get to kind of choose the direction you're going to go. Fair. And so True. good. Good for them both. Good for them. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to continue drinking this while we talk about learning new things, actually. Yeah. So. New beer, new things. So, yeah, I'll get us get the ball rolling on this topic. I was trying to think of, you brought this up, some experience that I had growing up or even as an adult, like learning something new and how that went for me. And, and we always kind of preface these conversations with what direction we're going to go. Sure. And I think primarily we're going to talk about what it's been like to teach our kids new things. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I do remember one specific time I was learning a new thing and it was learning how to drive. Oh, gosh. And my father <laughs> taught me how to drive, who's basically like a third guest on our show. I talk about him like every single episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll have him on he, sometime. Sometime. He did ask. All right, Mr. Again, <laughs> we agreed that he would come up with the topic Ooh, he wants to discuss okay. and then he would join us. So, All right. so by the time this episode has aired, that conversation may have taken place right. and we may have nailed that down. Okay. So we'll see. More to come. Yeah. All right. So Learning get to here. drive. <laughs> but I learned how to drive from my dad and he... Um, was one of those people that would take you to the cemetery and Us have too. you yeah <laughs> is that like a chicago thing i don't know all right guys did everyone well, else that... learn to drive yeah, a i'm gonna car write that down in a cemetery because i'm gonna pose this question on like instagram or facebook yeah for sure um where do you learn how to drive because yeah he took me to cemetery. the cemetery and you know there's stop signs there's intersections yeah. mm-hmm. you can change lanes you can parallel park yeah, but there's very can... few people <laughs> My father used to joke that the only one people that you're going to hit are already dead. Yeah. 
No, uh, I did which is thing. terrible, I guess. But you know, it was funny at the time. Uh, it's still funny. But uh, but yeah. So he taught me by yeah. doing that, and then when we would finally get out onto the open, the actual road, right. there were many occasions where he would be yelling things <laughs> at me. Um, and what I've learned over the years, and I think I talked about this when we told the birth story, okay. is that I kind of respond well to being yelled at. Yelled at. That like. Like, I don't know if it's just pressure, if I do well under pressure, okay. what the reason is behind that. But it's like you're conditioned. Probably, it's like Pavlov. Yeah. It probably stems from all of these learning experiences <laughs> I have as a child where, where he would be like, use the brake. The light's red. Why are you accelerating? And I would just be in a panic. And no. actually, no, I, I learned how to not panic when someone was screaming at me, well, use see? the brake. Life and skills. I would just... <laughs> gently press on the brake as we slowed to a stop Perfect. at a light and um yeah so that was my that was one of my memories of learning something um, and i was obviously a little bit older i was a teenager sure. yeah of course um and i don't have negative feelings about it it was i i consider myself a fairly good driver um i think that i observe other people on the road pretty well mm. and i kind of like you know i won't say i'm a defensive driver or or somebody who like drives for sport but like mm. i have a balance yeah i i speed too much and i i kill my brakes my husband's yeah i do work. you like yeah. slam on the brakes i don't they? slam on the brakes i just i'm hard on i'm hard on them yeah um but i also i drive too fast which is totally true but i feel like everyone does around here and when you've got a really long commute and like the left lane the speed limit's 60 but everybody's doing 90 in the left lane like right. it's just trying to keep up with traffic like i got a you know 45 to an hour long commute in the morning hey man so, if you can like, shave you know, a few minutes like, off of that yeah, i feel like you know it's not the goal but when you put it in your gps and it says you're gonna get there at 205 you aim to not get there at 205 you aim to get there at like two right you know you're so try to that cut that down works? a bit yeah, I will say, I don't have any bad, bad memories of learning how to drive either. Um, I also learned in a cemetery. Uh, because very good. Apparently, that's what As you do. Is tradition, right? at it least seems that in way. Worth Illinois, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, who knows about everywhere? <laughs> yeah. But I cannot, for the life of me, learn to drive a stick shift. Yeah. I can't do it. My husband has tried. We, I own a vehicle that is a manual transmission. Oh, man. And I just can't. And the ironic thing is... I did learn how to drive a ride a motorcycle, which is also manual. Right. But you shift with your foot. Right. It's different. Like and I I could I could do it. Like I could ride a motorcycle. I can't drive a stick shift car. I I have no clue what where like my hang up is. Yeah. I understand just, I the physics of driving a stick. I get it. We're I know what I have to do. Of, by the way, oh, but for like, sure. I'm a girl and I don't know how to drive a stick. I, I get it. My, but I can drive a motorcycle. I just want to point yeah. that out. I can. See, I've never <laughs> attempted to drive a motorcycle, so I can't really speak to that. Fair. But my dad did take me to the cemetery <laughs> with my brother's GTI okay. while Tori was on vacation, so without his permission, <laughs> to try and teach me to drive stick. And I'm pretty sure it ended with us both getting out and yelling at each other as we switched, <laughs> switched positions, positions. Yeah. in the car as I killed it for like 
the literally killed time. it yeah for like uh you know the fifth or sixth time yeah and we agreed that the lesson was over my brother <laughs> actually learned how to drive stick on a moving van oh when we oh. were growing up my parents bought a second home in galena uh which is a little town in like northwestern, northwestern illinois, illinois yeah. um and it's one of those like kind of touristy towns with the cute little downtown area mm-hmm. with like shops and things like that um but they have a bunch of activities they have horseback riding and fishing and it's just an all-around kind of yeah. cool laid-back it's a relaxed place. yeah a, a good town. weekend yep. visit um and my husband and i actually got married out there so we have a special connection to the place but when i was growing up the reason why i have a special connection to galena <laughs> is because we used to go there a lot because yeah. we had this house out there and when we bought the house built the house At one point, my parents had to move a bunch of furniture. And so they had bought all this furniture and got this moving van, a huge, like, like monster (laughs) sized moving van, moving van. And it's all loaded up with all this furniture for this entire house. (laughs) And my father has my brother driving around the neighborhood, uh, (laughs) driving stick, learning how to drive stick. And my brother and my dad both say that you could just hear the furniture like shifting around inside the van and you can see the little dings on the corners of like end tables and things like that we were like unpacking everything maybe not the best but i mean hey that was the opportunity and my brother has loved driving sticks ever since though and he still drives a manual car Uh, so yeah someday i'm gonna try again someday i just there's some sort of mental block in my head i can do lots of things i can rewire things i can fix things i can change out like toilets i can change like i can do a lot of shit around the house that you know that some people would not feel comfortable taking on i'm the same way yeah but i cannot drive a manual transmission i can't do it i think so my husband can drive stick and Mm -hmm. when we started dating he actually had a manual car Mm -hmm. and um i think if i asked him Mm -hmm. and the opportunity presented itself he would probably agree Mm -hmm. to teach me which would definitely be a mistake on his part i mean like i I don't i feel like i need like a stranger like a, a someone that i have no connection to to teach me to do this and i my think brother that could that's do that part he of could, this he's not a yeah. bad teacher okay. and he's uh, maybe you know a stranger yeah. enough right, right it's different um, when it's your husband he's very good at explaining okay um and he's very good at driving sticks well, so i bet you i won't mm-hmm. volunteer right. him officially right, because but i will bring this up to him <laughs> i like it all right <laughs> Now that we've covered, did you have another thing that you learned as growing up? Because we just really talked about the thing I learned growing up. Yeah, no, that was pretty much the cemetery thing. Yeah, no, the cemetery thing. Yeah, we're fine. Are you going to teach your kids how to drive in a cemetery? Probably. I guess I just felt like that's what you do. I never. I honestly hadn't given it much thought, other than that's just that's just what that's just what I did. We have a friend from high school Mm -hmm. that I think probably listens, Megan. Okay. Um, that got her driver's license a couple years after everybody else. Mm-hmm. I think we were like seniors or freshmen in college, and I drove around with her some. Yeah. Um, and I think I even took, took her, her to, the, to cemetery. the cemetery at one point. Right? And was like, let's just practice driving around. Yeah. You, we'll just socialize, we'll talk, and you'll yeah. just drive and just turn and use your signal and do all the things you would normally do. Yeah. You know, I think when my husband was trying to teach me stick, we went to a cemetery. Actually, I know we did. I I know we went to a cemetery. Cemetery is a good place to drive stick because the chance of you making a real mistake is a little bit higher. So, like, 
if you're killing it and it dies, it's fine. You just oh, yeah. you know, yeah. We'll just roll to a fine. stop right We're here. We just yeah. No, I probably I would I would bet that we will teach our kids to drive in a cemetery. In a cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, All right. Yeah. Let's plan on that. Okay. okay. Good plan. Good plan. So I, I haven't like taken it. them to a cemetery to teach them anything else. No, yet. no. They're a little young for that. So. But <laughs> we have been working this summer quite a lot on learning new things, you okay. know, with nothing else to do. Right. You have to do something. Yeah, we finally so. took the uh, training wheels off of my twin the boy's twins. bike. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My little girl has no desire. She's fine. She's like, no, no, I'm good. That was that was actually so. My oldest, who's nine, yeah. Last summer we were kind of like he needed a new bike, okay. and he still had training wheels on the old bike, and sure. it was a small bike for him. Yeah, and we wanted to take them off, and so this was right after he turned eight. He was mm-hmm. he was old enough. Yeah, and me. he's he tall. So yes, yeah. But he wasn't that comfortable on the bike, and I yeah. think we just sort of were, we just hesitated. So yeah, it didn't fair. happen last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so when spring rolled around. I actually got him a new mi- a new bike, mm-hmm. like early March, like kind of oh, wow. right when right everybody when, everything, was when everything that you could want to buy like, oh, crap, was still go available. Yeah. <laughs> Before everything ran out, yes, like bikes, yes. bikes are impossible to oh, get. By the way, anything that's out, anything that's outdoors or that's like an activity to keep you busy is pretty much sold out. Yeah, all of it. So as a result, um, we had already gotten him a new bike and i intentionally bought one that doesn't have training wheels i mean it's a larger bike um i did buy one that has the brake on the pedal still yes yes. so that it was a bit more comfortable for Mm -hmm. him and i think it is Mm -hmm. um but it no training wheels you know so um and he honestly picked it up like immediately okay it was easy it was no problem my husband went out with him for like one spring day and we just ran down the street a couple mm-hmm. times. And by try five or six, he oh, was basically so he was, doing he was it himself. more than ready. Yeah, yeah, he had the coordination. And he, yeah. he knew how to do it well enough that yeah. it was super easy. Mm-hmm. My little one now, the six-year-old, yeah. we just took his training wheels off. Which initially, he was kind of like your daughter. And he yeah. was like, he had just seen us do it with Big Brother. Right. And he was kind of like, no, I've got a couple years. Yeah. Like, that was sort of, he was like, it's... It's good. A couple We're years good. is fine. Yeah. I don't need to do this right now. <laughs> and so eventually, though, we started talking about how, you know, if you don't have training wheels, you know, you can start going on a bike ride yep. and, you know, and stuff like that. Ride with your cousins who are older than no. you and all of this. So he started to kind of get into the idea. And um, we've been working with him. Okay. And so my husband practiced with him initially mm-hmm. and so i've taken him out a couple of times and the first time i took him out was last weekend okay and i noticed that when i would put my hand on the middle of the handlebar in addition to one on the back of the seat and i would kind of run him to get him started sure that either i was turning his handlebars or he was uh, turning them so toward it wasn't me going straight yeah and he was he was veering off rather severely yeah. like every single time okay so every once in a while that wouldn't happen and he would go and he oh. would be great and I would let him go and I would just trot along next to right. him and he would just kind of veer off to the side and put his feet down. He wasn't like crashing, yeah. crash landing or anything. Which was great. Yeah. He was doing really well. Okay. So one time we're running down the street and um, he starts to kind of lean and, but he also at the same time says to me, I'm good, let go. Okay. And so I went to like counter him a little bit uh, to kind of like yeah, give him a little nudge. Yeah. 
and uh, and he fell off his bike, oh. and I, because I was leaning toward him, I also fell down oh, and like rolled in the street, <laughs> and then my older kid ran me over. <laughs> Uh, because we had also purposely timed it so that he would be next to me okay. because they wanted to race. Uh. So he was, I knew he was coming. Right. And you I, didn't anticipate falling and rolling to the no. ground. And so. I kind of rolled with the intention of trying to get up, <laughs> but I'm almost 40. Yeah, no, I'm not. We're, I'm falling apart. Like there's cool no way here, if I roll okay? on the ground, I'm just staying there for a yeah. minute. Yeah. I actually <laughs> was impressed at my ability to even do the roll. Right. Yeah. Had he not hit me, I would have walked away almost totally unscathed. <laughs> I had like tweaked my ankle a little bit, which was sore for like the evening. Sure. And then I was fine. Okay. But what lasted was the fact that my son who hit me, he actually he clearly slammed on the brakes to try not to hit me. Sure. Okay. He, yeah, yeah. he definitely, because he really just bumped me. Yeah, he tried. But he <laughs> hit me in the back of the head. Oh. And my neck, like, bent oh. forward. Still kind of. Yeah. Man, it's a week later. I'm still a little stiff. Right? Yeah. Um, Oof. It's like when you sleep wrong. Yeah. Like <laughs> and, and it just, like, jerked my oh. head forward. And so I had, like, a bump on the back of my head. And then it was like the next few days, my neck was just like really, really so stiff. So you got hurt teaching your kid how to ride I a bike. I got hurt teaching my kid how okay. to ride a bike. <laughs> my little one walked away with just a scrape on his elbow. Okay. And he seems... Fine. He yeah. wasn't afraid to get back on the bike. Right. We didn't have any yeah. problems there. So that's great. So and really he's getting you were the one that <laughs> I have the problem. Was worse In off. fact, today we did go back outside to ride again. And we were doing the same thing where he was kind of veering off. And he got off his bike, and he was just like, I don't think that you can teach me this. <laughs> and I was like, I'm glad that you said <laughs> yeah. that, because I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. No, I think you're probably right. Let's just, <sighs> let's part ways on this topic. Yeah. yeah, so we took a we took a break yeah. from that. My husband's going to do bike riding, at, which I feel kind of bad about, because my ability to teach my kids things is almost entirely based on my patience level, and uh. I have almost zero patience. I can teach them some things. Like, yeah. I can teach you, like, how to do something. Like, how to, like, make cupcakes. Sure. Yeah. Or how to do three-digit multiplication problems. Mm -hmm. I could teach my kid that. Sure. Yeah. Maybe not the right way, finger quotes, but I uh, could no, we're not teach even going them. There. You can get I, you can get to you could means to the end. You can get them to where there they are things need I can teach my kids yes, for sure. But because I am rather clumsy, mm. teaching my kids a physical activity Not is really very forte. hard for me. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I feel like there's things that I am more well-suited to teach our kids, and there's things that my husband is more well-suited to teach our kids. And bike riding is his domain, for sure. Yeah. So, I... I think we both have varying patience levels depending on what it is in the day and just everything, just in general. Like, some lately, I think both of our patience is wearing thin, but I think that's just life. Um, but, yeah, his his realm is, is the bike riding. I will go on a bike ride with them, or we will go outside, or we will mm -hmm. go for walks, or we will spend lots of time outside doing things, but teaching them how to ride a bike is not, not really my thing. So No. Well, and we've also been working on swimming, Mm -hmm. This summer, my little one, my six-year-old, mm -hmm. 
um, had a little bit of fear over swimming because okay. a couple years back he was in swim lessons and he was doing really, really well, okay. like catching up to his big brother, oh, like wow. really well. Um, and they have a two and a half year age difference. So yeah. it's impressive if sure. he catches up to him in For a physical sure. way. Well, in any way, but yeah. 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 It's a big age um, difference, especially at their age. But he was very, very coordinated and just like really took to it really well. Okay. Um, and then he fell and broke his arm unrelated to swimming right right right. not connected to that yeah and they put him in a like a waterproof cast Mm -hmm. and we did that because he had swim lessons and in spite of the fact that he had a broken arm the (laughs) swim school would not give me my money back they would only yeah they were like we'll try to keep sending him and if he has trouble we'll just Tack on lessons. What do you mean if he end. has trouble? His arm is broken. It How was, do you learn to swim? It was a huge with mistake. A broken arm. We sent him. So we sent him uh, the first week. Yeah. He can't get out of the pool because he right, can't lift own, himself he can. out. He, yeah, right. He can't he has use this thing. his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you've ever Had tried to cast, lift yourself out of the right. pool, you start with your hands yeah. and you bend at the wrist and you push and then up. You pull yeah. up from your shoulder, your shoulders, right, yeah. and your arms take you from there. He can't do it because no. his arm is straight. Yeah. So he couldn't get out of the pool. No. He had trouble swimming. Well, yeah, of course. His arm is in a Period. cast. <laughs> so, so what we didn't realize was happening was that he was starting to get a little bit scared. Okay. And so ever since then, he was a little scared swimming. Mm. And we kind of canceled swim lessons shortly after that. Okay. Um, they were getting very expensive. And originally we had signed them up because my oldest was afraid of swimming. Oh, and okay. We wanted him to get the basics. Yeah, and it's a good way. I mean, really, I I don't want kids to be too comfortable, like, you know, too hard-headed if they're not good at swimming, but I also don't want them to be afraid of the water. Like, exactly. everyone should have some sort of comfort. you got to be able to swim to the side of the boat if you fall off. Exactly. That's yeah. kind At of a minimum. What, that's kind of yeah. the goal, right? Mm-hmm. If possible, that's what you yep. want. Even if you're wearing a life vest. Sure. you still got to move your body yes. over there. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been saying to my six-year-old. Yeah. And so we have we have a pool this year. Mm-hmm. And um, for a while, we were swimming every single day. It was so warm out. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And there's nothing still, else to do. So yeah. And we still well. pretty, swim quite often. Yeah. Um, and he has done very well mm. working on swimming. The challenge that we're having is that older brother tries mm. to help. <laughs> but his help is like creating challenges ah. which is hard for someone who's still not sure they can do it right yeah <laughs> and he's not trying to be mean-spirited no, no, or no. Yeah. make it hard on him sure. he's just doesn't really he's like, realize oh well yeah. swim this time and i'll swim past you and we'll see if you can get by me <laughs> and i was just like he's not really ready for that right you need to like he needs to just like try he's to swim. He's not at that step yet. We just need to yeah. swim. Just he, the basics. Once he's starting to go from one end to the other, then we'll then start sure. talking about challenges and or swimming around an obstacle yes. or or going under and coming. We're just up. working on the basic swimming <laughs> yeah. part. Yeah. So those are all yeah. challenges we faced with teaching swimming. Although in general I feel like I've done a, a much better job teaching swimming than with the Then with the bike riding. And I think it's because with swimming, I'm literally just kind of there to put my arms out. Um, I mean, I have to, I can show him how to swim by actually swimming myself, um, which I know how to do. But to help him, you're really not 
doing much other yeah. than standing there. Yeah. I mean, I give direction, of course. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh, you got to keep going. You almost didn't get mm-hmm. all the way to me. I had to kind of reach for you there. Like, sure. You're motivational. Don't give up. You You're know? more motivation than you are actual instruction at that exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. No, that that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. Our kids learn very differently. So I think it's a little bit of a struggle because obviously the twins are the same age and they just learn different. So you kind of have to teach them differently and my boy twin doesn't like not being good at things at all okay so if he's even kind of like he's in lacrosse well he was in lacrosse um when there was lacrosse when there was lacrosse he was in lacrosse and he was doing all right like he's six he's just starting you know and but he doesn't like doesn't like the competition he doesn't like not he doesn't like being he, he wasn't the worst but he wasn't great at it and mm-hmm. i'm like he's really 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 smart so he's really good in school and i think that's great but also a detriment because if there's something that's hard for him he's not used to it mm-hmm. because most of his experience right now is academics and so in a sport or in something that you need to learn, you need to practice, you're not going to be great at it off the bat unless you're incredibly lucky. You need to keep with it. And I don't think he gets that yet. He's right. starting to. But when he's not good at something, he, he like, it's very difficult to get him motivated. Yeah. So. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that that's a pretty natural way mm-hmm. to feel. You know, it's hard to remember as a child, like, sure, having what things you felt that like at the time. Yeah. you struggled with and, and being frustrated with them. And the funny thing is that probably some of those things are things that as an adult you say that you don't enjoy. Oh, for sure. I know yeah. I don't like not being good at things. Like, I yeah. know that I I just don't often have to do them anymore. Right. Because I'm an adult and You're I've already gone through this. playing on the basketball court like you yeah. were in high school. Mm-hmm. And so and yeah. it's because, you know, I mean, I was on the basketball team. I'll be honest with you. I was not great. <laughs> I was okay, but not great. And I yeah. know that now as an adult. So when faced with the possibility of playing some basketball with right. a group of people, I'm most likely going to say <laughs> no thanks. Go. Yeah. No, I'll pass. Yep. <laughs> because yeah. my basketball skill is yeah not, yeah no i totally get it and as an adult that is my personality like i don't i don't i don't like doing things i'm not good at like right. i i will if i have to but i definitely prefer to do things i'm good at but i don't i think that that's natural but i think that you know his sister takes things more kind of laissez-faire attitude like okay well i'll try it up didn't work okay let's move on you know with with a lot of things so she's much more just well i'll try and see okay it didn't work out and he's much more takes it to heart if he's not good at something so they are night and day different with that so motivating them is just vastly different between the two of Mm -hmm. them so um yeah so it's interesting we're trying to get like my daughter's been doing has been in dance they're breaking for the summer but they did like the recital via zoom from our like living room which was ridiculous i mean they tried but like there there was i know you guys can't see the face that i'm looking at lauren (laughs) right now about her zoom her daughter's zoom dance recital but if you can tell from my tone how i feel about a zoom dance recital we had to go and like put a sheet up and try and figure out lighting and we bought balloons and like 
that what? was like you had to do a lighting scheme well i mean we, we attempted to to like put some is this on the list of things you're not gonna do again because you discovered you're not good at it or no it was fine <laughs> but then i saw some of these parents that like went all out for this zoom dance recital and i was like wow Okay, we went to the dollar store and bought some, like, blow... I mean, we had balloons, and we had a white sheet, and we had spotlights, and, like, it was fine, but paled in comparison to, like, the The massive setups that some of these parents had. And I'm sorry, it's a 15-minute, six-year-old dance recital on Zoom. Oh, no, Lauren. I'm not. I think you gave it the appropriate (laughs) amount of attention. Yeah. No. I am not going above and beyond what I did. So I barely yeah. would have gotten my right. kids to do it. Yeah. Let well, alone. Yeah. We, she she likes it. She and no, that's great. I, She's sticking with it. My kids like yeah, it too. It's but. just and this is a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> but their willingness to sit in a Zoom or like participate mm-hmm. in a Zoom with, with how disconnected uh, you kind yes. of are, you are with people yeah. within it. Um mm-hmm. They're just kind of, I'm really worried about school in the fall because there's yeah. definitely going to be a lot of that. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of worried that they will get um, apathetic uh, about the idea. Yeah, that connection isn't there. It's a lot yeah. harder to, it, even in general, like even if you're talking to people on the phone versus in person, it's not the same. And it's definitely not the same for kids, I think. Like they want that connection, that face-to-face, like mm-hmm. and totally... Mm-hmm. Yes, I get it. Like everybody does. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Totally off topic. But yes, dance recital. Zoom. It was quite comical. Um, but yeah, she's she's all about it. She's not great at it, but she doesn't care. Like, she's fine. But our son, like, yeah, we definitely need to motivate him somehow to stick with something. And even if he's not great at it, yeah, he needs to keep trying yeah so we're working on it all right let's drink some more beer shall we man i feel like it's been forever since i've had a beer (laughs) i know it really has at least at least like 15 27 minutes minutes. yeah (laughs) i don't know all right i'm making that up all right this one is one of their seasonal beers Mm. strawberry strawberry rhubarb a little bit hard to get. Mm-hmm. Not super difficult in Wisconsin, but I do understand that a lot mm. of liquor stores do put limits on it. Oh, interesting. They have uh, they released their first batch. They actually released a second. I don't know if it was just the, like they continued to bottle it. And then um, recently, like a week or two ago, I think that's that'll probably be the last of it. Okay. Have so, you had it before? Uh, Did you drink I one? I have had it before. Okay. So I haven't had it this year. This okay. is my first of this okay. batch. Cool. So I've had it in my lifetime, but I have not had it in I 2020. I have a similar experience. I have had it before, but I did have, from what we've shared here, I've had one previously. It's very good. Mm. Um, this is one of their seasonal that they do every year. I'm taking It's just... Off. So I read online, and I don't normally do that um, with beers that we're going to drink on the podcast, but I read online that this year is a bit more rhubarb forward mm. than previous years. And I think I get that. It is, you can definitely taste strawberry. Of course you can. Strawberry is such a strong, obvious flavor. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But rhubarb, I mean, 
this isn't just strawberry. You can definitely taste that other flavor. Mm-hmm. That the even if you don't know out. what it is, even if you're not familiar with rhubarb, you know that there's something else to this beer than just the strawberry. Yes, definitely. And I think that it's a great combination. I think that it's it doesn't come off as overly sweet, which I think that you would be afraid of with a strawberry. Mm. No, um, I think that it evens it out. Maybe that's the rhubarb that's kind of toning down the sweetness a little bit, giving yeah. it a tiny bit of tartness. It's not tart, but it's just not overly sweet. Um, so you might taste a little bit of that tart that I think you would get in like a rhubarb pie type thing. I believe most of their stuff is locally sourced so i think the rhubarb um is likely locally sourced from places in wisconsin Um, that's not surprising they seem to have a lot of wisconsin pride which is a good thing that's a good thing they're all natural they they overly over again and again say they're non-gmo all natural ingredients locally Mm. you know locally sourced locally sold um so which i mean good for them and you know, it helps the local economy, which is great. Just to say a bit more about this beer. I mean, it is the most gorgeous red color. Um, mm-hmm. It has no head at all, but it is like nicely carbonated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just... Just enough, I think. Yeah, it's not... It's It doesn't hit you like the Moon Man where the carbonation is definitely stronger. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just got this nice, smooth balance... The fruit flavor is is definitely the strong flavor in it. Um, oh, for sure, it's very. But unlike some beers that are that almost lean toward more of the like fruit cider flavor, I feel like I feel like this. Um, and not to say beer and cider are the same thing, they're not, of course. But sometimes you taste a beer that has fruit in it, and you're sort of like sure side by side. You'd almost struggle to differentiate some yeah. of the flavors that you're getting from it. Um, but in this case, I just feel like this is a, just a great beer that has strawberry and rhubarb in it. Mm-hmm. And I really like that about it. Yeah. I don't know if, um, I don't know any, I, I, I'm sure they do, but I can't think of another company or, that I've seen that makes a strawberry rhubarb mix a beer like this. There's some strawberry that's yeah. out. Um, Certainly. But... Uh, I can't think I of don't something know. that That's compares a to this. So, yeah. Hmm. Anyways, <laughs> it comes out in July. I believe this one started as one of Dan's side projects um, at one, one year. I don't know how long they've actually been brewing strawberry rhubarb before, but it was one of his experimental batches that apparently took off and everybody liked, and now they do it on a regular basis. So. Well, let's see what the blurb on the strawberry rhubarb. This one is very long, you guys, so I'm not going to read this <laughs> whole thing. I'll just read uh, the very beginning where it talks about uh, Dan. It's a quote. Some people paint, some sing, others write, I brew. Daniel Carey. <laughs> yeah, a few times a year you talked about this. Mm-hmm. We cut Dan loose to brew whatever <laughs> he chooses. Always handcrafted. The bottle you hold is brewed for the adventurous soul. This is a very limited edition, and we make no promises to ever brew this style again. So it debuted in 2013, was discontinued in 2015, came back in 2017. So, you know, I guess it just depends on the year and what they decide to brew. Um, 
but I think that it's such a popular beer that they'll probably hopefully likely continue it. It's a 4% ABV, so it's definitely a session. I mean, low low mm. alcohol, which you can definitely tell. It doesn't have doesn't really have an alcoholy taste to it by any means. No. Um, you know, it's not this is a good kind of middle ground beer. It's not a cider, but it's got that fruitiness and it's not hoppy like an IPA. It's like not like a milkshake or anything no, like that. No, it's like somewhere in between. It's hard to compare really because even like the fruited sours have more of a tart sour taste to it. Right. This one is not nearly as sour or tart. It's just kind of a good blend of the strawberry flavors. Um, and it's it's really just a solid beer. But I can't, I'm having a hard time kind of comparing it to something else I've I had. I know. That's what um, makes strawberry rhubarb so interesting as yeah. a beer is that, you know, a lot of times when we have these conversations and we talk about different beers, I mean, even Moon Man, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, you can stack Moon Man up to every pale ale we've discussed on this oh, podcast. For sure. And you can say how you feel about it based on your experiences with all of those beers. And this beer just doesn't really have that. It Not to say you can't compare it and that you can't like or dislike oh, it. Oh, sure. But, um, There's not a lot that's... It's pretty unique. similar to it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. And I think that's one of the things I like about it, in addition to the fact that flavor-wise, it just, man, it just strikes me. I just like it. Yeah. No, I, I like it a lot. This is a solid, solid beer. Glad you... Uh, yeah, cheers. cheers. Glad we are going to end our, end our <laughs> episode on this high note. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for joining us tonight, everybody. I always say tonight. Also, have you noticed that we, we say tonight because we get together at night, but um, yeah, but we release them knows? first thing in the morning. But who knows, who knows when, when you're listening to this? I True. listen to it on my drive into work, and I always <laughs> observe that I'm like, Thanks for joining us tonight. All right, okay, thanks for, so joining, thanks for us. joining us whenever this time may be <laughs> for you. I'm not going to say that every time. I'm sorry. I can't promise that. But if you feel so inclined, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Parenting by the Pint. Parenting by the Pint is our handle on all three. Mm-hmm. And by all means, don't forget to rate, review, review and subscribe <laughs> on your favorite podcasting app so that you don't miss an episode. And we'll keep making them. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Take yep. care. Bye.